Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. Stay tuned as Greg Prince brings the Catholic newsmakers to you. Wherever it's happening in the diocese, you'll hear about it on Western New York Catholic Weekly. I kind of got a break this year on the calendar because of the uh, presidential inauguration being post-election year because uh, otherwise in my scheduling in the new year we would have missed any talk at all about the March for Life. In fact, people would be coming home as you're listening to this program from that, but we got an extra, we got a, little, a few extra days. So uh, uh, we're able to uh, bring in from the uh, pro-life Ed, director of pro-life activities for the diocese, Cheryl Caleri, to talk about this uh, annual event. There's also several other things going on that we want to discuss today. Cheryl, welcome back to the program. My pleasure. Thanks for having me back. In, in fact, one of those things that we did miss, if you are a Sunday morning listener, if you didn't go on and download the podcast uh, uh, earlier this weekend, um, yesterday uh, uh, the bishop held his uh, pro-life mass. Absolutely. It's uh, our annual event where uh, the bishop recognizes at the Pro Vita Mass uh, awards for outstanding uh, People who have really stepped up to the plate uh, in the pro-life arena and uh, it's one way in a positive way that we observe Roe v. Wade to recognize those who have gone above and beyond. Yeah, and of course that's scheduled more in line with the with the normal date for the March for Life. Exactly. So, yeah. And we're excited about our recipients this year. We have uh, Dr. Gloria Raitzer from the Catholic Medical Association. Uh, who really uh, has stepped up to the plate, helping us on all life issues, uh, including uh, end-of-life issues, physician-assisted suicide. So she's been a great advocate. Uh, Maria Sahena, who's uh, devoted much of her time since she's been in middle school to pro-life works, and she's off to Franciscan University this year. So we miss her on a regular basis. Um, but she did help us quite a bit get uh, prepared for the Mother Teresa home this summer, did her internship with us. Uh, we also have Canisius uh, Pro-Life Group, Canisius High School. Uh, they, too, uh, were really um, instrumental in helping us get uh, our chapel at our Mother Teresa home ready, uh, along with Father Betty and Ron Ahrens, uh, Father uh, Zanoni uh, from Syracuse, really helped us get that uh, planned properly and underway. Father Jeffrey Nowak, um, who's parochial vicar out at um, St. Vincent in Niagara Falls, he also um, is an administrator at um, uh, Queen of Martyrs uh, School, and he's helped us quite a bit in the pro-life arena as well as uh, getting things ready for our opening of Mother Teresa. And Cheryl Zeeland Ersing, uh, last but certainly not least, um, who has worked tirelessly at our St. Gianna location. She oversees the one on Church Street and then helps the volunteers with our two satellite locations in Chautauqua County and Niagara County, uh, where we helped over 1,500 families this year. Well, so there you go. Uh, I, I should put in a plug for uh, Father Jeff Nowak if um, you know, you're a Facebook user and – um, you know, you're, you're active on there. You really should follow him because he has all kinds of, uh, you know, thoughts for the day and, uh, you know, the things that he's doing, uh, you know, just in his uh, day-to-day priesthood ministry and whatnot. And, uh, you know, last year he had uh, a pilgrimage he was on, which was real interesting. But he get a lot of uh, pro-life posts uh, yes. through his 
through his site. He really kind of, you know, keeps track of kind of the pulse of the diocese and kind of shares what they're doing in their parish and all those kinds of things with it. So it's uh, with the school there. So um, I just would recommend uh, following him on uh, Facebook, of course, right. you know, you can follow us on Facebook as well and uh, also buffalodiocese.org. You can check the pro-life page on there. In fact, as we go through the show today, we're going to talk about a lot of the things under that advocacy and Catholic social teaching tab. Um, so uh, keep your eye on that as well. You're, you're mentioning the recipients of the uh, – um, the, the the Provido Awards this year, and I you know had been looking under the the news just to see you know how the uh, you know just uh, you know what was up that that we should make sure we get in and discuss today. And I just want to point people to an interesting article from uh, uh, back a week or so ago about Michael Mambre and his years of absolutely helping defend pro life. It was just a great little you know great article. Yes. On him. You know, I was teacher. thrilled that we were able to do that. They came yeah. and said that we wanted to do something pro-life and I said I couldn't think of anybody better to uh, interview and to, to feature uh, because he really is somebody who has been in the trenches for years and he's still hanging in there with us on a regular basis yeah, and God science. bless him. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was very cool. So uh, again, go to WNYCatholic.org. You'll uh, see all that as well or link it from the all the all the news is on the pro-life page uh, as well. Cheryl Caleri is director of pro-life activities in the Diocese of Buffalo. Of course, this week coming up, the March for Life, as we mentioned, a little bit late, right? Normally it coincides directly with the Roe v. Wade anniversary. Correct. And uh, as you had mentioned, with the inauguration, it uh, got pushed uh, forward to the 27th. So uh, we adjusted and uh, we're ready to go and we're really excited about that. So we have five uh, full buses this year as well as uh, many people who are driving themselves and people who are flying. So in total, we have about 400 people that we know of that are coming from our diocese between our, our lay and our clergy. So we're really excited. We have a really good uh, turnout this year. Um, what are the highlights of this year's March for Life? The agenda generally is pretty much the same, but what can people expect this year? I think the tone is going to be a little bit different. Um, many people think because of the change in the presidency, things are going to happen overnight, and we're realists, and we know that's certainly not going to happen. But we do have um, renewed hope. Um, we have some great uh, speakers that are lined up uh, for in front of um, the the mall there, and uh, we're really in- excited that our youth seems to be really regenerated about the whole pro life issue in general. Yeah, yeah, that's always an active component of it. In fact, the um, diocese of Buffalo does several events kind of on your own for our Buffalo. Group, right? Just tell us about those for people that aren't familiar with it, like when you get down to Washington. Yes. Um, there's little um, side groups where, you know, they'll take on different activities. They'll go to the concert for life that, uh, you know, happens um, the night of. Uh, we have the Vigil Mass, which many participate in, which is the night before. There's a museum, of course, John Paul II, right across from, um, you know, the conception where we, yeah, we go right. for the Vigil Mass. Right. Uh, so there's a lot of exciting things that the youth take part in. They stay at Catholic University, so they get a flavor of, you know, the city and what it's like for college life there and that type of thing. So they're really exposed to quite a bit when they're there, not just the march itself, but all the activities that surround it. I'm I'm sure I've asked this, you know, just about every time we're on and and talk about this 
topic, but it always helps to kind of reevaluate where we are and where we stand and whatnot. You mentioned maybe the tone will be a little bit different this time around. Just kind of give us an update on on where we're at, you think, in terms of the March for Life and its effectiveness and, you know, um, uh, do you think it's still – maybe garnishes the attention that it has in the past? Is it still an effective pro-life event in terms of our, you know, national discussion? Right. I think it's becoming more and more difficult for the secular media media to ignore it or to not address what's happening because each year it's becoming more powerful um, and particularly, as I said, with the youth, um, when people try to say this isn't, you know, this is an old thought, this is old school um, and we pour out with more and more youth, again, that's something that needs to be addressed. They're, they want their voices heard. And I think the tone is changing a little bit insofar as um, we know we have a, a long ways to go, certainly um, even though even if um, we're fortunate enough from the pro-life and Catholic teaching standpoint to get Supreme Court justices appointed, it still has to go through the Senate. You have to have the 60. There's, there's so much that has to happen in the process. But with that said, we have hope. And when you have hope and there is love, those are two components that um, we know certainly can change many hearts and minds. Well, the and, and obviously we don't need to go into uh, uh, the same huge discussion everybody's been having since November and really before that. Yes, you know about the election went up, but there are some clear. There were some kind of clear messages sent, and the biggest one is. Um, I think the American people as a whole are not happy and it doesn't matter which side of the fence you're on or what your political view is. Um, there's a discontent in the country and the election itself pointed to the fact I think that in terms of our discussion here, one of those things people are discontented about is they don't feel that their views on life are being represented. Correct. And that and that wasn't just in the presidential election. Right. That was kind of across across the board, the board this across year. the states, across yeah. you know, really all walks of life and um that that's what we have found and that's where the educational piece comes in. The more we have the opportunity to talk about this, the more we have the opportunity to educate particularly our youth so that we are um equipped with the tools and the discussions that we need to have really good, solid decisions made as we go forward. Yeah, in the um, I mentioned the the new section specifically, but um, you really keep up on all of the issues. And as we go on through the the show, um, you know, we'll talk a little bit more maybe about uh, advocacy, and it'll, it'll come up again in the next part of the program as well. But uh, the really the best resource. For folks locally in terms of the, the life issues and again, we're focusing March for Life today but you already mentioned it, you know, end of life issues last year were especially in New York State, huge, huge concern, a primary um, a primary thrust uh, both here for our diocese and with the New York State Conference. So, so 
people can find all that at uh, your website on, on buffalodiocese.org, right? Absolutely. And we still uh, kept up our – we had a great symposium uh, with the opiate addiction and people might say again, what does that have to do with life? And I'll tell you, it has everything to do with I'm life. I'm going to mention that because folks, if you're listening to the program regularly, you'll realize last week we did replay um, our program from last summer when uh, really kind of the the – Opiate crisis was hitting ahead here in Western New York, and uh, talked about the chemical dependency work at Catholic Charities and the Monsignor um, Car Clinic specifically, and that really was, and I'm not sure I indicated that last week, kind of a lead into this program because that's one of those issues that maybe we don't think about as a life issue, right? But Correct. I mean. Equality of life is as important as all of those exactly. other things we talked about. When I was asked to be on that panel and it, it consisted of a Erie County Sheriff and myself, somebody from Monsignor Carr, uh, one of our clergy, um, and somebody saw me there from our office, they were like, wow, you're, you're here. And I said, think about it. I said, end of life, people are ending their lives, some knowingly and some obviously unknowingly because they're getting tainted drugs and things like that. Um, but it's really something that our office addresses on a regular basis that people don't realize we're involved in. Yeah, yeah. So um, it, we'll talk a little bit about, more about that, uh, the, the kind of advocacy issues when we uh, come back. We're going to take a short break. Cheryl Caleri, our Director of Pro-Life Activities, joins us. We'll be right back. Make your voice heard. Join the Catholic Action Network and speak out in support of the poor and vulnerable, the sick and elderly, the unborn, families and children. Sign up online at nyscatholic.org and click on Join the Network. That's nyscatholic.org. And visit the New York State Catholic Conference's Legislative Action Center. Read alerts on important legislative issues and email your state representative. Stay informed and strengthen the Catholic voice in New York. You'll find it all at nyscatholic.org. That's nyscatholic.org. Thanks for joining us on Western New York Catholic Weekly again this week. I'm Greg Prince. I'm joined by Cheryl Caleri, the Director of Pro-Life Activities in the Diocese, looking ahead to this week's March for Life in Washington. We talked a little bit about our own Pro-Life Mass, uh, which happened yesterday. If, it, if you are a Sunday listener of our program, if you downloaded the the podcast, hey, there's going to be a Mass at St. Christopher's on Saturday. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, you can find all that at buffalodiocese.org on the, on the pro-life site. We're talking a little bit about the advocacy component and uh, that's one thing that people don't realize that, that you're also actively engaged in, I think, Cheryl, because – and particularly now um, – you know, again, with with March for Life, the the abortion issue is, is first in people's minds. But again, there's end of life, and it, it, there's such a myriad of of other issues. And when we talk about advocacy from a Catholic Church perspective, a lot of that is about life, isn't it? Exactly right. Um, many times people say, well, how did that fall into your office? And and I'll respond quickly by saying, when you think about most of the things in our church, uh, at the end of the day, they end up being somewhat of a life issue. Sure. Um, you know, whether it's family life, it ends up being uh, personal uh, with them as far as making decisions. Um, and we talk about end of life, uh, not just uh, when people are mature, which is a natural process of aging, but 
we also unfortunately run into end-of-life issues where somebody might be in a, a very uh, serious car accident. Uh, they might have a, a tragic fall from a work site. So we deal with those issues as well when people call um, and they want to have advice as to decision-making at the hospital. Um, we go right to the hospital um, and we're by the family side. Uh, we present to them all of the information that they're interested in receiving from us from a church teaching standpoint, uh, pray with them and pray with the family. So it's a wide scope of things that our office handles. Yeah, absolutely. And you can find that all under uh, the the advocacy and so Catholic social teaching tab on buffalodiocese.org. And uh, it leads me to another question I think we always kind of talk about a little bit, but again, it always bears repeating as well. You know, oftentimes, and I think you mentioned the perception, the uh, the attitude is changing a little bit, particularly now. There's There's maybe some more hope when we talk about life issues, but, you know, there's always that perception, um, and it's not just for the Catholic Church. It's among, I think, uh, Anyone who calls themselves Christian, any Christian group, yeah, y'all talk a good game, but what do you do? Right. You know, what do you actually do for it? And I think by now, particularly in this diocese, people are, for the most part, aware that, yeah, we don't just talk the talk, that we are very active. You mentioned in terms of uh, when we talk about end-of-life issues, but also the the quality of life issues and the um, in terms of our, you know, hospital stays, you, you mentioned those things specifically. Um, but also in terms of when we talk about the abortion issue, we're not just telling people to choose life, we're giving them options to be able to do that. Absolutely. And thanks for um, recognizing that and bringing that up. And you're absolutely right. Although I wish more people in our own diocese knew more about it, we help people of all faith and people of no faith. So I can proudly tell you that, particularly with the Mother Teresa home, we've had people from the Episcopal Church, Joy Gospel, Grace Gospel, all different uh, walks of life um, running um, – series and reports about the Mother Teresa home and what we're doing and the work that we're doing. Because again, as you said, it takes it to that next level, especially from a social justice standpoint, right. where we're not just saying, you know what, you need to, you know, not have that abortion. No, what we're trying to do is provide options so that when we talk about choices and women's choices, we're giving them that additional option that if they decide to go through with their pregnancy, that we will be there to help support them um, in an empowering way. We try to get them connected with all the proper services to finish school or their vocation, whatever it might be. Um, there's an entire program set up uh, for these women to be able to succeed, and that's what our goal is. Again, of course, we're thrilled that they choose life, but how can we as a people help them improve their quality of life so we can break the cycle? Because that's really where we're going to see results. Um, if we keep doing the same old thing, as the old saying goes, we're going to get the same results. So we're trying to step up to the plate and do something a little extra, a little above and beyond uh, what is done. And our footprint here in the diocese is being looked at um, as one of the models that hopefully we can do this across the country in other dioceses as well. Yeah, uh, yeah we certainly hope so. We're see, we are seeing some of that as well, and we've talked about that before on the 
program. And, you know, you mentioned in terms of giving people options to choose life. Certainly, it's right back in the forefront of the news again. Healthcare Correct. is a life issue. Exactly right. You know? And it and it all always comes down to that, you know, again, educating, making people aware, informed how they really have to understand those health care issues. We just uh, dealt with a family that unfortunately was being directed that um, it would be easier for them to let their their adult parent to slip away because the medications for um, the cancer that she was diagnosed with were not covered under the health insurance policy. However, physician aiding euthanasia was covered. So when you start looking at those issues and really educating yourself, you want to step up to the plate and start letting your voice be heard because we too one day will soon be there. And uh, we would like to have those legitimate options for ourselves to be able to choose um, based on our church teaching how we feel our end of our life should look. Uh, one of those ways that uh, you can do that this morning as you listen is uh, if you got your tablet or even your phone or your uh, your laptop handy, you can uh, go to buffalodiocese.org and under that advocacy and Catholic social teaching, it'll link you right to um, many different uh, action alerts, etc. And you can sign up for those by email from the New York State Catholic Conference and the Catholic Action Network will. And they don't inundate you. It's only when there's an important issue in front of you that you can make a difference in either through a letter or an email or a phone call, um, and they make it real easy on you. So we encourage you to uh, to do that. Um, you, you mentioned the the Mother Teresa home, and uh, you know, of course, you, you had uh, the last time you were in it. You we had talked about the the big dedication of that and whatnot. Things progressing there. As Things we are know. are progressing beautifully, and. Um, one of the connections that we're making and, and talking about when we talk about choice, although we're not an adoption agency and actually none of our Catholic agencies are are in the adoption business. We have Foster to Adopt at our right. Catholic Charities, for example. Um, it certainly obviously gives us that opportunity to talk to people um, that we meet in regards to if they choose life, they might want to consider uh, placing as a loving option. So, um, again, working with local attorneys um, and everyone out there knows somebody who is desirous of a child um, and for one reason or another has not been successfully connected with that opportunity. So we pray for that and we continue to um, advocate, um, you know, that that is a loving choice. In fact, at our March for Life breakfast, we have somebody coming to speak on the adoption option and to try to get rid of some of the stigmatism that goes along with that as well. Um, you know, we were very successful as a secular society to make teen pregnancy more of a popular kind of thing rather than something. And we're trying to do the same thing for uh, that loving choice that if somebody thinks about placing, what a selfless decision it is that that birth mother is making and how she is making such a difference not only for her child but for the desirous family uh, that is awaiting that uh, joyful hope. Uh, the other thing we want to talk about before we go, and it's, your, it's your really your next uh, big thing, of course, the uh, St. Gianna Mola Pregnancy Outreach Center, also still doing great 
work and uh, your benefits coming up next month. It is. Um, we're thrilled about it. Uh, this year we had to change the venue, um, although we, we loved where we held it in the past. This year we're he- holding it at the Millennium Hotel, um, particularly just because of numbers. Um, we've been very blessed that our numbers have been increasing, and so Terrific. we needed to find a, a, a venue that could hold us. And uh, we're thrilled that we're going to have Father uh, Tom Rasika. Uh, from Salt and Light, and uh, we go back a ways. Uh, he and I did actually a, a show uh, back in 2009, uh, actually right here in our diocese, uh, back when Kevin was here. We did sure. a Matters of Faith. That's how I originally met uh, Father Rasika. We've uh, cultured, um, cultivated, I should say, our friendship ever since then, and he uh, knew the Mola family and, and still is in contact with the, with the um, Gianna Mola family. And um, I have been very blessed to be included in many things with uh, St. Gianna's daughter, Gianna Emanuela. Uh, most recently, um, had dinner with her when we were uh, in Rome for the canonization. So I'm excited for him to come to give us an update, um, you know, on the family and talk a little bit about the saint herself. Yeah, that's terrific. He's, a, he's terrific. I mean, he's a um, – I guarantee you will enjoy hearing him speak if you if you attend the event Wednesday, February 15th, right after Valentine's Day. So you can go out for dinner two nights in a row. There, there you, you go. go. Right at uh, 6 p.m. at the Millennium Hotel. Uh, people can go to the website, I know, buffalodiocese.org, pro-life, and go on there. But uh, um, you need an RSVP, right, for that? We so do. You know we, what your numbers are. Right. And we do have a PayPal uh, set up so they can do it right online and get their tickets that way, which is proven to be uh, very convenient for most people. So I encourage you to do that. All right. Terrific. Well, I'm sure we could uh, we could go on. There's plenty more that we could talk about, Cheryl. But uh, good luck with the throngs, the five buses uh, headed to Washington later this week. We ask God's blessings upon you and uh, your group for the diocese and all the good work you're doing, St. Gianna Mola and the, the Mother Teresa home, and uh, as well as all our volunteers that help with things like Project Rachel as well. So um, all that available, buffalodiocese.org, pro-life. You, you'll find that under the Catholic Advocacy and Social Teaching tab. Cheryl, thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much, and God's blessings. And we are with you every week here on Western New York Catholic Weekly. We encourage you to tune in and uh, look at our podcast page. Uh, We're under the News and Information tab at buffalodiocese.org or wnycatholic.org radio. You'll find us right there. I'm Greg Prince. I'll be back with you next week. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. Call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org.